rookies have already reported to training camp in about a week. All the other players will too. The NFL offseason is about to be over, and we're here at It's a Football Podcast, ready to bring you all the action for the upcoming 2022 season. What's going on, guys? I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports Plus. Tyler, what's going on, man? What's going on? Don't forget about the Las Vegas Raiders. Their rookies and veterans have already reported, so they're Damn. trying to be overachievers. <laughs> they're trying to be. They're trying to work hard over there in hot Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, there's a heat wave over there all over the country. It seems like, but yeah, I mean, they've already reported. So I mean, they're getting ready for the season. NFL season is upon us. Stop it. I mean, if you're the Raiders franchise, you don't want to get rid of your players any more time off. Honestly, I mean, after. Everything they went through last season off the field uh, with any kind of day off that team had, unfortunately, all across the board. But um, that's uh, true. Or coaches, but for that, rather. <laughs> for that matter, yes, coaches, too. Uh, Tyler, let's kick it off with Deshaun Watson, man. It's our weekly Deshaun Watson update. And for right now, there is no update. Deshaun Watson is still awaiting to hear um, what uh, Judge Sue Robinson and the NFL do decide on his suspension. Um, you know, we first heard in, in our Mike Jones, our colleague Mike Jones, um, you know, reported that the NFL was pushing for a year suspension. Um, in recent days, we've heard from reports that it could be anywhere from, you know, two to eight games. Um, but the holdup here, and, and there's a, a holdup for about three weeks now with Sue Robinson taking her time to really deliberate these cases. And she's not deliberating all 30 um, cases. She's only deliberating, I believe, four in particular. Uh, we're just in a waiting game here for Deshaun Watson. I think the Browns are in a waiting game, too, because they're going to start training camp next week. And they don't know if they're going to have their quarterback, um, you know, be able to practice. But also that they don't know how many games are going to have their quarterback to start the season. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping this decision, uh, this verdict comes out before training camp, and we only have a few days left, as you mentioned. Uh, there was a report that came out this week that the Browns are bracing for an eight-game suspension this season. Um, you know, I would not be surprised if it was eight games to even a full season. Uh, I know I've been going back and forth about this uh, for months now, at the beginning, I said probably a season. Now I'm in, you know, in the mindset that it might be eight games, considering you know some of the things that have already been out and been reported and been, you know, rumored. Um, but you know, regardless, it puts you know everybody kind of in a bad spot, especially you know the for football standard, the Cleveland Browns, because they don't know if Jacoby Brissett should take first team reps. Uh, during training camp or Deshaun Watson should take first team reps. And, you know, it really is going to obviously have a tremendous impact um, in their season, regardless of um, the suspension and the impact in the AFC North as well, because a lot of people think the Browns have a legitimate chance of, you know, supplanting the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC North if they do have Deshaun Watson. But that's a huge if. And there's so many questions remaining uh, regarding uh, Deshaun Watson. But, you know, it is kind of a bad look that the Houston Texans settled with uh, 30 of the, you know, accusers in uh, Deshaun Watson in that, in that lawsuit. Yeah, so Sue Robinson is a retired judge um, appointed 
by the NFL and the NFL Players Association to to kind of oversee Deshaun Watson's case. Um, she's independent um, in that regard, where she doesn't have an NFL job except this is her, I guess, NFL job. Um, but pretty much what she's trying to research here is if Deshaun Watson violated the personal conduct policy that the NFL has for his players. Um, and there's a layer here that Watson is kind of arguing and his representatives are, is that, um, you know, some of the owners here in the NFL have gotten through with very, very, very um, loose and, and loose disciplinary and, and not maybe disciplinary that they're talking about in regards to what Watson could or should get. Um, but the thing is, this is the conduct policy is not for the owners. It's for the players. Um, so there's that kind of layer that kind of uh, Deshaun Watson is trying to argue against. Um, and more importantly, too, like we said, you know, maybe, you know, Deshaun Watson was not, you know, arrested for this. He was not charged. Two grand juries in Texas um, did not charge him, uh, you know, with sexual misconduct or sexual harassment or any crime. And he has settled with at least 20 of the 24 cases, while the Houston Texans have settled 30 uh, cases, um, you know, in, in regards to their involvement with Will Watson, too. So um, there's a lot of layers to the story, Tyler. And when we get back to on the field stuff, like you said, the Browns are uh, AFC favorite and potentially a playoff favorite with Sean Watson as the quarterback. That's the kind of player he is. I know he's been out of football for a year or so, so we really don't know what kind of Deshaun Watson we're going to see, how long he's going to take to, you know, shake off the rust and get back into kind of football shape and being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL like we saw him last time in 2019 with the Texans. But, um, you know, he has a long way to go before we see him on the field again. A very long way to go. You know, natural rust is going to set in, and you just don't know what type of quarterback he is going to be as you uh, – said and you know it's just a uh, bad situation because you know it should this should be an exciting time for all of us right now with training camp just around the corner but with this Deshaun Watson situation is really for the black cloud over the entire NFL offseason because we've been doing this podcast weekly and we pretty much touched on Deshaun Watson every single week and it was not about anything pertaining to on the field, pretty much. It's all of his uh, civil lawsuits. Uh, yes, he settled 20 of them, but there's still four actively uh, going on. And, you know, um, I heard that th that trial is not going to start until next year. So this situation is far, far from over. Does Deshaun Watson face kind of like a double jeopardy kind of thing here, Tyler? Does the NFL decide, hey, if one of these lawsuits goes awry, does the NFL decide he needs more punishment? See, we'll see. Once uh, Sue Robinson decides uh, on the punishment, the NFL has the power to veto that and just say, hey, no, we're going to suspend him X amount of games or a full year. So, and Obviously, that's going to create conflict with the NFLPA, which will then probably have their uh, issues with it and threaten to sue and go to court for that. So it's just so many layers. Like th this situation is far from over. Now let's go on over to San Francisco, man. Um, the 49ers have a quarterback who is on the mend in Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, some reports he may not return um, until later, you know, next month. 
um, shortly before the season. And we all know Trey Lance is there to help in the meantime. And also Debo Samuel is, I, I believe, still waiting on a new deal, believing to be, you know, still waiting to be moved. Um, you know, Tyler, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo first, because he's such all these quarterbacks in this league, man. They, they all find have a way to be polarizing for people. You know, right? Like Baker Mayfield's polarizing, Tua Tunga is polarizing, and I would put Jimmy Garoppolo in kind of the same kind of polarizing sense because everybody thinks of him as a lesser quarterback on the field. And on the field, I mean, he just led the 49ers and helped the 49ers get to an NFC title game. Um, I know he has some shoulder surgery going on. We all know the 49ers traded with the Miami Dolphins to get the number three pick and draft Trey Lance and... I don't know what Kyle Shanahan really has against Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, that he really wants to turn the page on him. And maybe, you know, that's kind of like the uh, the old kind of saying or, or what we've all thought of Garoppolo as a player from the jump. But, um, man, this guy is either going to get moved or he's going to be staying in San Francisco. See, I kind of feel sorry for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he's not one of those top-tier elite quarterbacks, but if you put the necessary pieces around him, he has proven that he can go far in the playoffs. He went all the way to the Super Bowl in Miami and was a couple throws away from leading the uh, 49ers to a Super Bowl. Just went to the NFC Championship game last year, beat your favorite quarterback and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So... Those are, you know, just feats to scoff at. That Those are pretty significant. And he played a pretty good game against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Debo Samuels and the 49ers offensive line, defensive line has something to say about that. But he has proven that he can lead a franchise, you know, pretty far in the postseason. Um, I don't think he's going to be with the 49ers um, when the regular season starts. I think they'll eventually move him. I thought it was interesting that David Carr said that the uh, New York Giants uh, could be interested in him. David Carr used to play for the Giants, so he has some familiarity and some insight in that franchise. Um, I would keep my eye on the Seattle Seahawks as well. Um, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to go into the season with their quarterback situation, Drew Locke and Geno Smith. I mean. What's wrong those with Drew Locke and Geno Smith, Tyler? <laughs> Come on, stop it. Come on, stop it. Those quarterbacks leave so much to be desired. They are not good. They are 31st and 30th or 32nd <laughs> in the NFL in rankings and starting oh, quarterbacks. I mean, <clears throat> it's just hard for me to believe that Seattle is ready to move forward with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. So, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo knows that division in the NFC West. So I can see Seattle. You know, you know, pursuing Jimmy G once uh, his shoulder injury is fully healthy, and I think that's what teams are uh, waiting on. Um, it's been reported that he'll be a hundred percent cleared in mid-August. Uh, he had his uh, surgery performed by Doctor Neil Alatrosh, the same doctor that performed Joe Burrow's knee surgery. So he's a renowned uh, surgeon, and you know, Joe Burrow came back with you know looking amazing. So maybe that's, you know, could be for Jimmy G when uh, he comes back from his, uh, you know, uh, shoulder injury. So I do think he gets a lot of bad rap. He's not, you know, one of these top five, top 10 quarterbacks, but he is a starting caliber quarterback that can win in this league. And he has shown that. 
And you're talking about the same doctor that, uh, you know, performed Cam Akers Achilles surgery, the same doctor mm-hmm. that performed uh, Kobe Bryant's Achilles surgery, uh, one of the most renowned doctors in all of sports medicine. OK, so um, but I mean, this is just a cost of business, Tyler, where Jimmy Garoppolo had this surgery in the offseason and no team is going to trade for an injured quarterback with shoulder surgery during an offseason when you don't know what he's going to be like after shoulder surgery. Um, you know, there's an extensive rehab process that Jimmy G is going through right now, <clears throat> and he's got to get to the point where he can show that, hey, I can lead a team to the NFC title game again. Um, you know, even though my shoulder was bum last year and my shoulder's better now. Um, so I think it's just a cost of business why the 49ers are kind of in this waiting game. I like David Carr mentioning the Giants. You know, they didn't sign Daniel Jones to a fifth year option or excuse me. I believe he's playing on the fifth year option. Do I have that right? Uh, that up. No, they did not grant him his fifth year option. They did not even grant him the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Like, you know how bad it's going to be <laughs> to where they don't want to give you a cheap fifth year? Yeah. <clears throat> the Giants are ready to move on. And I think, you know, I don't know if Jimmy G's the answer in New York. Um, could be a nice little way to stimulate, I guess, what the Giants are doing. Um, they have one of the best drafts, as we know, as, as I repeated here with um, Kayvon Thibodeau and uh, Evan Neal within the first 10 picks. Um, but their offense as a whole, outside of Saquon, Barkley, you know, leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not sure if Jimmy G does that. And uh, Tyler, like I told you, the Seattle Seahawks, I'm not acquiring no players. I'm trying to acquire draft picks. Tear it down, build it back up, get rid of DK, get rid of Jamal Adams, get draft picks. Make sure you have 15 draft picks in the first four rounds for the next two drafts. And uh, that's how you rebuild the right way. Find your next Russell Wilson. See, It's not Jimmy you know, G. I, I, I hear you, but I, I... – I just I feel sorry for Seattle fans that that they'll, actually they'll come happens back. because come how back. are you going to fill up that stadium? They'll come and back. I remember that stadium being you know a raucous environment, the twelfth man, the loudest stadium in the National Football League. It used to be you know just a raucous environment. Couldn't go in there and play. Couldn't hear. And now you're going to go and there's going to be about ten people there watching <laughs> the tank. Ridden Seattle Seahawks. I mean, come on, stop it. I, I hope that is not the case because that is a proud franchise. They won a Super Bowl uh, re- in uh, you know recent history. Come on, stop it. You you can't have that. Yeah, have- I know it's it's, it's recent <laughs> history. It didn't happen in the last ten years. I mean, it happened a while ago. Um, <clears throat> and then they uh, you know lost to Peyton Manning and the uh, and the Broncos. But um, you got to rebuild it the right way. You got to rebuild it if I'm Seattle out. That's what I'm going to do. But uh, let's talk about Debo Samuel real quick, too, Tyler, um, while we're on the 49ers track. Um, man, I felt so bad. You remember that video? I don't know. You saw a video go around of Debo Samuel and a young kid with a 49ers football. And he's like, hey, Debo, can you sign? He's like, ah, I can't sign it. And uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand. I mean, look, some of these players, they can't sign things. They have deals to sign things with certain people. They can't really be signing everything. Um but it just looks as a bad look on a video when you see a kid declined by a player. Um, but still, Debo Samuel made it very, very clear this offseason he was trying to get moved, or more so, he was trying to get paid. And, um, you know, the 49ers have not been as willing to, you know, help him in that favor. He's outpaid, outplayed, excuse me, the $3.9 million in base salary he's due this season, which is going to be the final of his rookie deal. Last season, he had 1,700, 17, 
170 all-purpose yards and 14 touchdowns as an all-pro. I mean, obviously, we saw what he did on the field and why he believes he's worth it. You know, I think the 49ers and Debo Samuel, they're going to reconcile. And it's been, you know, trending that way because he did show up to mandatory minicamp. And even when Debo Samuel requested a trade, there were people around him that didn't want him to request a trade and want and still want him to stay in San Francisco because they believe that the 49ers use him really well as a, a receiver and a running back. And, you know, obviously the 49ers want him to stay in San Francisco and they are willing to make him one of the highest paid players in the National Football League. And so I think that is going to happen. I honestly think the 49ers and Debo Samuels, they're going to reconcile and you're going to see him signing a lucrative deal um, in the near future. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those 20 million a year annually uh, receivers uh, here in the near future because the 49ers desperately want him to stay in San Francisco. And there are definitely people in his camp that want him to stay in San Francisco too. And I do think the situation is salvageable. Well, there was a video with Debo Samuel and his trainer and his trainer said, quote, he's about to get paid End quote. <laughs> uh, very, very um, full quote, you know, uh, definitely a lot of things you could take from that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a nice reassurance. And look at the, at this time, the season in the NFL, Tyler, Right before training camp, um, you know, teams are listening to their players, listening to their, to their agents, most of all. Um, nobody wants to have a disgruntled player going into the season, that's for sure. And if you can keep your players happy, your best players happy, that's really what it's all about if you're a franchise like the 49ers. Uh, whether or not you figure it out a quarterback, whether or not Trey Lance is really your future, or you're going to stick around and have Jimmy G as a backup or starter whenever Trey Lance messes up, your offense doesn't go without D. Bill Samuel. And I think everybody in San Francisco and in that organization know that. So l don't put that in the atmosphere. Jimmy G is not going to be a starting quarterback in San Francisco. There is no Why way. Why not? There is no way. Trey, they are moving forward with Trey Lance. Trust me. And, you know, the 49ers, they know that they do definitely do not want Trey Lance to be a starting quarterback without – their best offensive weapon. So they desperately want Debo Samuels to be in the backfield and out wide at receiver uh, this coming season because that is their best offensive weapon along with uh, George Kittle. And they want to make the, you know, the burden, lessen the burden on Trey Lance's uh, shoulders. And Debo Samuel will do that. Let's keep it on the West Coast where you're from. I mean, obviously. Hey, I love this West Coast flavor. Oh, okay. Oh, producer Emily, <laughs> producer Emily, you definitely have to chime in and let Tyler know he's still <laughs> not on the West Coast. He's just in a heat wave in Arizona right now. Uh, but you know, I'm surprised. You know, we spoke about Seattle, and I said DK Metcalf they should trade him. Um, you know, let's get an update on him because this offseason we've seen Terry McLaurin get paid. You know, he's not on his <clears throat> rookie deal no more, and. Maybe there was a little undertone with paying Terry McLaurin because that was literally the same week that uh, the Washington owner was being uh, disposed by the committee, uh, the housing committee. Um, <clears throat> but DK Metcalf is an interesting, sto interesting story because obviously he's a freak athlete. He's 24 years old. 
Um, you know, 29 touchdowns and 3,000 receiving yards in three seasons. Um, really took advantage of playing with Russell Wilson, but now he said he has Drew Locke and Geno Smith to look forward to this season, like we said, Tyler. And, um, you know, he's going to be entering the final year of his rookie deal with the base salary of $3.9 million. Okay, so obviously DK Metcalf wants to get paid. I'm not sure if he wants to get moved or not. But if I'm him and I'm looking around, I think I want to get moved and I want to get paid too. It's just the Las Vegas Raiders just took Devontae Adams and paid him. The Miami Dolphins just took Tyreek Hill and paid him. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Christian Kirk and paid him. Washington just paid Terry McLaurin. Debo Samuel is also trying to get paid too, man. And uh, I, I'm not. I'm also not sorry for all these guys. They're going to get paid eventually. They just got to wait. You know, they, they got to wait. I'm not sorry for any of them. But I think DK... I think DK needs to realize too. He's, he's got to get out of there. He's got to force the trade, man. You just want a mass exodus in Seattle. You want everybody to leave and have nobody on the roster. Maybe you're trying to, you know, angle yourself to be a Seattle Seahawks so you can get out in the roster. Maybe a guard. I like Pete Carroll. I'll play for Pete Carroll. Would you okay. play for Pete Carroll? Uh you're a UCLA no, guy. I don't yeah, know if you could I, do I, that. Yeah, there's a little bit of friction. Uh, you know, see, my UCLA ties, his yeah. USC ties. You know, we don't really get along. <laughs> nah, but shout out to Pete Carroll. With DK Metcalf, I want him to play with an elite quarterback. And he is not going to get that in Seattle. <laughs> and it's tough because it seems like the Seattle, they're just, you know, they're obviously – in full-blown rebuild, rebuild mode, and, you know, they don't have a lot of talent on that roster at all, on offense or defense. But, you know, I have heard that DK likes Seattle, and he likes, this, uh, you know, the environment. He obviously is good with the uh, head coach, Pete Carroll. Now, he's in a little bit different situation because he didn't show up to mandatory minicamp. So he's subjected to fines and, you know, all that. So, you know, th that situation is a little bit different. However, I do think if Seattle throws the money at him and he's another one of those receivers in that 20 million a year range, he's going to ink that deal and be happy in Seattle. Um, I don't know if it's going to get to that point, but, you know, for DK's sake, you know, as a football fan, I would want him to be in a situation where he has an opportunity to win and play postseason football. And Seattle isn't going to be anywhere near the postseason this season. <laughs> I love how you said DK is going to eat his deal like it's fuel, fuel for his body. <laughs> He's going to eat all these millions and it's going to be, you know, his muscles are going to pop out even more. I agree, Tyler. I would love to see him with a quarterback, uh, an elite quarterback, somebody that could really take advantage of his size and speed and his, um, you know, unique skill set as a player. I definitely don't think it's Drew Locker or, or uh, Geno Smith. Um, but it's funny to hear you say you want to hear you want to see him with an elite quarterback, but then also say, hey, what about the fans in Seattle, man? What about the fans in Seattle? Yeah, because I feel for them. They they went from, you know, the Legion of Boom to the Legion of Nobody. And then they went from <laughs> Russell Wilson to Drew Locke or Geno Smith like the, the this is drastic changes Very in a short so. period of time. <laughs> Listen, this is the life of NFL franchises, Tyler. And, and for everybody listening out here too, look, your team, your favorite team may be at the top right now. It's not going to last for long. And your team may be at the bottom. 
and it might have been at the bottom for the last 20 years. And for all you know, it still could very much be at the bottom. But even if you get a playoff bid or something like that, it's going to mean the world to you. I sound like I'm speaking from personal experience, honestly. Yeah, I, I think you're speaking from a <clears throat> Dolphins fan. Oh, no, no, no. Why, why would you even call that out, bro? You didn't have to call it out. It was okay being just under the rug like that there. It just, it just sounds familiar because your Dolphins haven't done anything ever. Yeah, I know. It's crazy how you were covering the Bengals, and as soon as they left, they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, I was still covering them to an extent. So. At, least, at, least you <laughs> got to, at least you got to be in the Super Bowl, too. That was good. That was good. Speaking about the Bengals, Tyler, let's talk about Jesse Bates, man. He's the uh, starting safety for the Bengals, um, arguably one of their best defenders. Um, you know, they don't get to the Super Bowl without him. They don't get past the Chiefs in the AFC title game without him, um, especially in that overtime uh, where they had the interception at the end. Jesse Bates didn't force it. Excuse me, Justin Bates didn't pull it down, but he definitely forced it um, when Mahomes had that deep pass late in that game. Um, but he's holding out. Uh, he did not agree to a contract extension. So he didn't have to play on the franchise tag last week. And um, if he does not sign the franchise tag by November 15th, he will not play this season. Uh, Tyler, you've been on top of Jesse Bay's situation. What is going on? What, why, why are the Bengals being playing really, really significant hardball here? Yeah, you laid it out well. And, you know, I've heard from, you know, sources close to the situation that Jesse Bay has no intentions on going to training camp and no intentions on playing this season under the franchise tag. He has not signed the franchise tag, doesn't plan to. Uh, it's worth um, you know, approximately $13 million. And Jesse Bates wants to be paid amongst the top safeties in the National Football League. Unfortunately, that window has now closed for this season. So you know, this situation really doesn't have an ending in sight. Um, you know, and Jesse Bates is doesn't really have a lot of options. He can either sign the deal or sit out this entire season, um, or he can maybe sign a deal and you know request to be traded. I mean, those are his options to this point. But if he doesn't sign, uh, as you said, by November fifteenth, then he has to sit out the rest of the season. Um, Tyler Jesse Bates know, is twenty five years old, man. Twenty five yeah. years old. He, on the franchise tag, he would make $13 million, right? So let's look at some of the other top safeties in the league getting paid. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick just reset the market with the highest deal for a safety at $18.4 million, so $5 million less than what Jesse Bates believe he's, believes he's worth. Jamal Adams at $17.6 million. Justin Simmons with the Broncos at $15.2 million. Marcus Williams with the Ravens at $14 million. And Kevin Byard with the Titans at $14 million too. So not too far from those two guys, but... You're 25 years old, and the worst thing about the franchise tag, too, Tyler, is if you play on it one year, your team could also re-sign you to do the franchise tag again, right? So when you're a 25-year-old player trying to, you know, uh, you know, solidify your future in the NFL, solidify your future for your family, make sure not only that you get paid now, but you know, you're not playing next year without you're not playing without a guaranteed deal. You know, that's why Jesse Bates is fighting for this. If I get hurt and I'm Jesse Bates and I tear my knee up, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, whatever you want to call it, in week four, who's going to re-sign me and what am I going to get re-signed for after this, after this season, you know? Are you going to franchise tag me again and then I have to prove myself again on a, on a you know, a 13 mil deal, a $13 million deal on a, on a knee that I'm rehabbing to? Um, you can understand why Jesse Bates is fighting for this. 
Yeah, you know, and I understand completely where Jesse Bates is coming from. And he's been with the Bengals in the dog days when the Bengals were 2-14 and 14 and when Joe Burrow got hurt and he only won four games. And he was there, obviously, last year who had a big impact and the reason why they represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. He is one of their best overall players. You can make a you know compelling case that he is their best defensive player, definitely their best player uh, in the secondary. And, you know, across the National Football League, when you rank the top safeties, he has to be in the top five. I mean, you, Mika Fitzpatrick, yes. You know, Justin Simmons, Derwin James, you know, Buda Baker. But Jesse Bates is in that discussion. And, you know, when I look at his contract situation, he does deserve in that, you know, 14 plus million dollar annually uh, range of type of safe type of contract money that they're giving uh, to top tier safeties. He's deserving of that. Unfortunately for him, if he stays with the Bengals this year, he is not going to get that because that deadline has now expired and it's either play for that. $13 million that that franchise tag is worth or sit out the remainder of the season, hope that a new team signs you or, um, you know, work out a deal with the Bengals where you can sign a franchise tag and get traded to another team. So those are the you know options for Jesse Bates. Uh, we just have to wait and see uh, which one he uh, decides to pick. Tyler, do you think the Bengals not wanting to pay Jesse Bates is kind of like a move, a preemptive move where – they are not kind of handcuffed by a big contract on defense because in a couple years, Joe Burrow is going to need to get paid. Jamar Chase is going to need to get paid. T. Higgins before, you know, Jamar Chase is going to have to get paid. Um, you know, your, your core there, your offensive core is on their rookie deal still. They're going to have to get paid. Um, do you think there's a preemptive move here? That is exactly what it is. I mean, the Bengals have to look at the long game here and look at the sal their salary cap situation. And they know in the back of their minds that Joe Burrow is going to break the bank when he signs uh, his contract extension. And Jamar Chase, we talk about these $20 million year receivers. Jamar Chase is going to be one of them. And, oh, don't forget about T. Higgins, who is a 1,000-yard receiver as well. And you can't place him under the fifth year option because he was a second round pick and he is going to break the bank as well. And you want to probably try to keep him as well. And then for the Bengals, they invested a lot of money already on the defensive end, you know, signing a Trey Hendrickson uh, at the defensive end, you know, they sign, you know, safeties and cornerbacks. So they've invested a lot of money and then even on the offensive line. So where's all this money going to come from? And they have to look at, you know, their salary cap situation. Luckily for them, the salary cap is going to go up. But it, it is, it is, and it's a tough situation because you can see from both sides and both points of view why the Bengals are kind of reluctant of signing Jesse Bates to a long-term deal that includes a lot of guaranteed money. Yeah, look, when Joe Burrow is ready to get paid, he's going to be making at least 40 mil um, in the 250 to $300 million range contract. He's going to be getting the deal, the deal, excuse me, Lamar Jackson should be getting. Um, and even Jamar Chase, he's not going to be making 20 mil, Tyler. He's going to be making 30 mil like Tyreek Hill and uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams. He's that good. He is yeah. that good. 
Um, so just those two guys alone, I don't even know if you can get um, T. Higgins up to 20-something million. I don't know if you can, <laughs> but you got to pay him something because <clears throat> T. Higgins can get number one receiver money somewhere else. That's the thing, man. And and so you see the Bengals here, and it's like safety is – would you rather have a quarterback? Would you have would rather have a receiver? Would you rather have a safety? Which one of these players can I go in the draft and find another standout and pay them on a rookie deal and, and make plays for me? winning plays for me and which players are actually going to make the winning plays for me when I need it the most, you know, and, and for all three of these guys, they were instrumental in the Super Bowl run for the Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. So Cincinnati has a really, really interesting thing to do here. Um, well, and I think, you, you know, maybe go ahead, Tyler. I will say the Bengals told of themselves a little bit because during the draft this year, they drafted three safeties. <laughs> so they told on themselves a little bit. They're like, okay, I don't think Jesse Bates is going to be here long term. So we're going to, you know, draft safeties for some insurance. And when Jesse Bates leaves, we're going to move ahead with these guys. There it is. So there it all is. So the writing has been on the wall for Jesse Bates, Tyler. And the writing sometimes. They the haven't writing. told me that specifically, but actions sometimes speak louder than words. And for them, they're like, we don't know about these three safeties yet. So let's keep Jesse Bates because we want to go back <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Oh, right. the games, the games NFL teams play to make sure they're still on top, right? Uh, Let's get to another safety who's probably going to have an easier time getting paid. Uh, Shout out to Derwin James with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Tyler, you've been on this all offseason. He's on the final year of his rookie deal. Um, This is the fifth-year option that the Chargers picked up for him. Um, Look, I covered Derwin James out of Florida State. It sucks to see him, you know, injured, you know, for some of his NFL career already. Um, but he is a very, very dynamic player, man. A uh, very dynamic player. Um, one I believe that could not only play, you know, DB, he could play linebacker. I really think he could come off the edge too and mess around with some people <laughs> if you really put him there. Um, but what is, what's uh, his contract status looking like before, uh, during training camp and before the season, Tyler? So it's funny you said that he can play all these positions because he did play five positions for the Chargers last year. He played cornerback. He played safety, strong safety, free safety. Then he played slot corner as well. So, I mean, linebacker too. So he can play all over. He's really a jack of all trades. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't agreed to a long-term deal with the Chargers yet, considering what the Chargers have said about him, not only their GM, but their head coach, Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley called him the um, Justin Herbert of the defense, and you know how they feel about Justin Herbert. I know how you feel about Justin Herbert, too. Stop it. Stop it. So, you know, once <laughs> he does sign a deal, I mean, I don't know if Mika Fitzpatrick is going to be the highest paid safety in the NFL for long. That title might go to Derwin James, considering um, who his agent is and what type of deal that Derwin James is uh, seeking. I know what his agent wants him to get so <laughs> I would not be surprised if Derwin James breaks the bank very soon and you know I have an inkling that this contract is going to get done before the start of the regular season shout out to uh, Derwin James agent David Malugeta, uh the money bag guy he's he's the money guy <laughs> in the NFL right now he secured Deshaun Watson's 230 million dollar guaranteed contract among many others and an incredible like you know span of three four years here um, kind of taking over the game here. So, if uh, one of his, the thing is too, Jesse Bates is his client too, man. 
And it's yeah. really all the Bengals. I didn't want to say that, but yeah. It's, it's really all the Bengals, too. So uh, it's up to the Bengals, up to the Chargers. We all know what these teams are doing and how they feel about their players. And hopefully Jesse Bates gets some more love before the season. So we've been talking a lot about training camps uh, this episode. Obviously, we're kicking off the training camp schedule. A lot of rookies reporting at the beginning of the week. It started with the Bills and the Raiders. We also mentioned the Raiders are overachievers, hopping right into full training practice. The motives behind that, we can speculate all we want, but uh, I guess the earlier the better for the Raiders there. But this got me thinking. I mean, we've seen in the past that players like to bring their favorite candy, their video games, whatever they have. This is really, you know, summer's over. If you want to put it in context of like going back to school or going back to work, you know, you you're not going to be at home all the time. So a lot of these players have to decide what to pack. And so I'm curious, and I'm, I'm leaving it open for interpretation, whether you want to step in the shoes of a player or as a reporter, what, Safin and Tyler, do you are your training camp essential packing items? We'll see. So I, I'm going to have two lists. A, as a reporter, I'm definitely bringing Gatorade and water, being out there in awesome. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And, and this is... It's essential for us reporters to bring a huge notebook for training camp because training camp is like the busiest time of year for an NFL reporter. So those are like the three most important things. And something to eat, too. Maybe some some cold cuts, some some sandwiches, some to eat. A smoothie. That's what I would bring as a reporter. Those cold now, cuts aren't staying cold. <laughs> yeah, those cold cuts aren't staying cold. But as a player... First of all, if I'm staying someplace like the Cowboys in Oxnard, California, or someplace where, you know, I got to stay in these, you know, small dorms, definitely bring in a TV. A dorm. Uh, that's, e- that's easy to move around. And I'm bringing a, a PS5 with Madden and 2K. I'm bringing, see, training camp is a lot of dog days. It's not a lot to laugh at. So I'm bringing some of my favorite movies. I'm bringing Friday. I'm bringing Boomerang. I'm probably bring, bringing uh, Coming to America. I definitely have to bring Coming to America because I need to laugh. One, not two, right? <laughs> one, not two, or both of them? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. One, definitely you, one. You're bringing two, all three just, Fridays? Are you bringing all three Fridays? Just no, I'm just bringing two. the original Friday. Just oh, the original Friday. That's my Friday. favorite Friday. And so those are the three movies I definitely have to bring. I might bring the series of Martin, too. Because I watch Martin all the time, late at night. Even though there's a curfew at training camp, I might stay up and watch a little bit of Martin. Tyler, great list, great list. I, <laughs> I want everything on your list here. I would bring a fridge so I can keep everything cold. You know, especially if I'm going to be in a dorm. You know, you got to have that little small dorm fridge. We all had them back in the days. Um, if I'm going to be playing video games on a PS5, I need to have a router, man. I need to make sure my Wi-Fi is is legit. It's on point. Well, see, first of all, hold on, Sabin. I would hope the team isn't cheap, and, and I hope they provide a fridge and some Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, I'm trying keep, to, we making millions and billions of dollars. The team can't I mean, afford Wi-Fi in the refrigerator? I hope they bring some Gatorades and water, too, man. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope they bring all of that. Uh, look, I'm bringing um, a lot of battery chargers, right? If you can have a battery charger, you know, extra Mophie pack or you know, USB charger, maybe one with your name on it. If you're lucky enough to have one, that'd be great. So you don't lose it either. Uh, I'm doing granola bars, man. I'm getting some, some you know, quick little snacks, like you said. Um, I don't know if I'm going to bring out the whole magic bullet like like you are to make smoothies for everybody. But um, <laughs> air fryer, I would air fryer it up for sure. Oh, quick meals. 
quick meals at yeah. the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then last but not least, man, I, I'm bringing a little kiddie pool, Tyler. I'm, I need to be soaked. I, I won't have a sauna. I won't have like a spa, jacuzzi, but I'm going to blow up a mini pool and put all that water in there. It's not my water, so I can soak myself because, you know, we got to soak, take care of our muscles, Tyler. These rooms be, aren't that big, Soffit. I'm going to be Josh, Josh <laughs> Rosen at UCLA, your boy. I'm going to be like kiddie pool in the dorm room. You know how it is, Tyler. Oh, my You goodness. used to have one in your dorm room, too. I know it. I had a hot tub. <laughs> you see, you got you to gotta soak and re- relaxation. Uh, I'm all with you there. Um, but, yeah, definitely need some entertainment, man. I'll bring, like, a fire stick or something. I'm not lugging DVDs and a VCR like you are to bring all, watch all these old movies. But uh, hopefully they got her on the Internet streaming. I got I have a light load with me. You know, Tyler, I'm going to keep it light, too. I'm not going to keep it light because training camp, it's, it's not fun. No player enjoys it's training not. camp. Trust me on this. You said you're bringing a refrigerator and you're packing light. You guys, you're right. glamping. You're glamping over here, people. Uh-huh. Thank you. And an air fryer. Those things ain't small. Like <laughs> air fryers, they're you see, all right. But like what I said, all the things you're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's just, oh, I wasn't packing light. I'm sorry. Hopefully, somebody comes and helps me helps me move in. You know. Another thing, too, guys. Please listen. If you're a fan, you're gonna go to training camp. If you're a reporter, going to training camp. Bring a towel. Very important. Bring a towel. It's really yeah, sunscreen. Water. Sunscreen. Yeah, oh, gotta sunscreen. get some sunscreen too. Yeah, a hat, nice yes. hat. Mm-hmm. That works too. Towel, sunscreen, and water. Is it Madden time? Hey, it's always Madden time, guys. It's one of our favorite times of the year when the Madden rankings come out. Tyler's a big Madden player. I like Madden too until I get intercepted by the computer in the second quarter, and then I be I be I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. I definitely leave matches early on Madden when I'm getting wow. Beat down. I don't be handing beatdowns. I get beat down. I just I just I'm just gonna you know explain myself and just admit it. You know I'm not as so you're one of those quitters. I don't got the sauce in Madden, man. Come see me in 2K. I don't got the sauce in Madden though. I'm just four yeah. verts all the way. Uh, I don't have any diversity in my playbook. If one running play works, I'm going to keep it going again. I don't know how to play defense. You know what I'm saying? It, oh, it, wow. it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trash at Madden. I'll, I'll be, my Madden rating, 53. 53? Wow. Uh, you know what? At least I'm self-aware, Tyler. At least I'm self-aware. Okay. Unlike some of these players in the NFL who are mad every single year that Madden ranks them like two or three, five points, you know, below what they think they should be. Um, this week already, as we're shooting the podcast, three positions of the Madden rankings came out: wide receivers, running backs, and I believe edge rushers. I believe edge rushers. Uh, Tyler, let's get into some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, Devontae Adams is a member of the overall ninety-nine club. Man, mm-hmm. I really like that. I think that's a very accurate portrayal of Devontae Adams. But I don't know if. I, th- I think the 99 happens with Aaron Rodgers more than it does with Derek Carr. Wow. It's just that's very disrespectful. honest. No, that's, that's not that's disrespectful, disrespectful to Devontae Adams. I think it's – I'm sorry, Derek Carr. <laughs> Cooper Cup, 98. So he's up, the, he's up there too. Uh, your boy, Tyreek Hill, 97. Now, I will say this, that Jamar Chase has a legitimate gripe. He's yes. rated an 80 – Seven. No, no, no. He's no, down no. there with Brandon Cooks, 
Jamar Chase is a lot better than Brandon Cooks, and that's no disrespect to Brandon with the Houston Texans. So, Jamar Chase, he tweeted about it. He wasn't too happy with his Madden rating. He deservedly should be probably in the the 90s. 90s. He's <laughs> in the nineties. I don't know why Mike Thomas is ninety now. We haven't seen him in like a year or two. Chris Godwin, eighty nine. I think Chris Godwin could be like a ninety two range. Um, yeah. You know, always love when these Madden rings come out. Calvin really eighty six. I mean, he's not even gonna play this year. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into the running backs, man. Derrick Henry, ninety seven at the top of the board. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, 96. Nick Chubb, 96. We haven't seen Ka- Miss Christian McCaffrey play a full year in so long. Why is he still in the 90s? I, I, I don't know. Nick Chubb, 96. Jonathan Taylor, 95. We need to pump that one up. Dalvin Cook, yeah. 94. Joe Mixon, 93. I don't know, man, because Alvin Kamara is at 90. Deserves him. I mean, Alvin I, Kamara is at 90. Alvin Kamara is at 90. Aaron Jones, 89. Austin Eckler, 88. Ezekiel Elliott, 88. Ezekiel Elliott, 88, 78. <laughs> wow, Tyler, like, tell us Ezekiel how you really Elliott. feel. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he's, whew, he's fallen off a little bit. He's lost a few steps. Now, he was one of the best running backs in the National Football League for a stretch here, but uh, lately he is not the same running back. He does not have that same burst explosion anymore. He's a step slow. I, I would not put him in 88. No. I definitely think. Maybe 83-ish. Um, I think we definitely need to flip-flop um, Alvin Kamara at 93 and Joe Mixon at 90. That's just me being per- just personal reference. I would put Alvin Kamara 94-ish. Mm-hmm. I think they, I need think they need to flip-flop uh, Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara because Christian McCaffrey is – Pretty much what Alvin Kamara is and what we think Christian McCaffrey is. <laughs> I, I agree. I 100% yeah, so agree. I, I would put down Christian McCaffrey. He's a really good running back, but he just can't stay healthy. At the edge rushers, Tyler, we got Miles Garrett in the 99 club, TJ okay. Watt 96, Fred Warner 94, Nick Bosa 94, Mario Davis 93, Khalil Back 92. Von Miller, 92, and Levante David, 92 as well. So they did edge edge rushers and middle linebackers. Um, I do think that – Yeah, well, see, I think Fred Warner, they rated him in middle linebackers too. Okay, okay, So um, um, with TJ Watt, he tied the sack record, so I think he deserves a 99, you know – there too and then hmm fred Mm. warner i do like that he's the best middle linebacker in the game i I think he's underrated as a player he doesn't get a lot of praise as being the best middle linebacker in the national football league but i think he is so i i I like that ranking i do think watt deserves being a 99 club too with miles Garrett. i think um i think joey bosa might be a little underrated at 91 i also Mm. think I also think Michael Parsons might be a little underrated at 88. Oh, yeah. I think he deserves that. Night. They, they're kind of disrespecting second-year players. I mean, you can I, say the same with Jamar Chase. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from in, in the sense of, like, you're a second-year player or a younger player. Yeah. Maybe you haven't reached that ceiling yet. You don't want to give mm-hmm. it to him in Madden. Obviously, the, my favorite thing, too, about these games, especially 2K2, the adjustments come during the season. 
So they kind of yeah. even themselves out. Might have Chad Ochocinco pop up and, and, and give some extra points to people during the season. I do love that segment by him. Um, but Madden's coming out real soon, guys. Madden 23. Really excited about it. it like, it's you got to get it? Of, of, of course, of course. It's officially football okay. season, Tyler. It's officially football season now. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna get Madden too. I need to up my game. I'm better than a 53 like you though. I, I yeah. think I'm around like that the 90 range. Listen, my awareness <laughs> and self awareness 99 all the way up. Okay, I already know. I already know. <laughs> Got you, uh, Tyler. By time next week starts, man, it's gonna be NFL training camp, and we're about less than 50 days away from the season opener with the Bills and the Rams in LA. Um, where does the offseason go, man? Where did this offseason go? And where is all this money that everybody else got and you and I don't have, Tyler? I know. I'm waiting to sign my, uh, you know, $20 million annually uh, deal. I mean, can that happen in the near future so I can buy my, you know, mansion in Beverly Hills and another one in uh, Alexandria and another one in Miami? So I'm, I'm waiting for my multiple houses. You're just gonna have three copies of Friday in each one, huh? Three copies of uh, oh yeah, coming to America. and a big screen, yeah, and a big screen, big screens, make and, sure a P- and a PS and a, and a PS five. Make sure you got a fridge and, and a router too, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and <laughs> Mercedes parked out front at each crib. Oh wow! All right. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Savadine, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are NFL insiders with USA Today Sports and. USA Today Sports Plus. If you haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app in your Apple Store and in your Google Play. The NFL season started, and we here at USA Today Sports want to give you all the updates as they come on your favorite team. So make sure you download the app and stay tuned with us as we continue. It's a football podcast during the 2022 NFL season. Thanks for listening, guys. It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder. Shut up.